Welcome to What She Said Podcast, the home for real conversations with men about sex, love, and relationships. Welcome to another episode of What She Said. Today is kind of a part two of what we did last week because we saw that you guys had so many questions. We had to bring back, of course, my mom, Rhonda Frost. Say, hey, mom. Hey, everybody. What's up? What's up? (laughs) (laughs) And then my boy, actually, he's like becoming my boy now because we're going to be on his podcast, which airs on Monday, which is Views from the Edge, the whole team from Jagged Edge. But Brian Casey is here again. B, say hi. How y'all doing? All right. And then we are waiting for Chief Priest Alazar to come back to give us the more in-depth side of this polygyny versus monogamous relationship conversation that we're having today. I want to get right into this this topic um, to make sure we stay on schedule. Do we have Asad in? Asad, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cool. So I'm going to start with this question. You guys have preached to us that the Bible speaks of polygyny being okay and Mm -hmm. that it's acceptable for a man to have multiple wives, according to the Bible. But I found this verse, 1 Corinthians 7, and it states polygamy is unlawful, which you said polygyny is something different, and that one man is to have but one wife and to keep her, and that one woman is to have but one husband and to keep him, and the wife only has the power over the husband's body and a right to it. And it goes on from there. But the part that stood out to me the most is that very first line. It says, and that a man is to have but one wife. And that's biblical, but that goes against what you guys preach. So can you talk to that? Definitely. Um, I'm going to have Hassad address that. All right. Yeah, no problem. So, um, yeah, no, it's a good question. And um, I definitely I was looking at the comment board and I've seen a lot of similar questions. So I'm glad we get to address it. Um so when you understand, especially Paul, who's the one that authored First uh, Corinthians 7, in the same chapter, um, he says, let me just read this just for clarification. In First Corinthians 7 and 6, because he's given advice as to how a marriage should be conducted between a man and a woman, etc. So he says in verse 6, but I speak this by permission and not of commandment. So what Paul is saying right here is he's giving advice, number one. Number two, um, Polygyny and polygamy are two different things. So when it talks about a man and a woman, the verse you just read, um, a man can have multiple wives. A woman cannot have multiple husbands. That's what polygamy or in some practices polyandry is. But the act of polygyny, which, again, is not the same as polygamy, is lawful as stated in the Bible. Um, For example, Christ says in Matthew 25, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man that has 10 virgin wives. Why, if something is an unlawful practice, would the son of God liken the kingdom of heaven unto that polygynous practice? But when you say liken, is it like, is that saying, for example? What do you, you mean? Know what I'm saying? Like, is he, saying it, is he saying it like that? Is that how it should be read? For example, it like likened to this scenario, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? But not actually meaning it in the literal sense, just saying figuratively speaking, is that how it's, uh, it, it's, it's a parable, but the, the point okay. is why would, why would Christ who's the son of God use something that's unlawful or something that's a wicked act in his parable? You see what I'm saying? Um, I'm, I don't know, because it, it's a parable book. It's not saying here's an example. But here's another one that I wanted to read to you that I was kind of you know confused about is in Deuteronomy 17, 17. It says, and he shall not acquire many wives for himself. Like if we just stop right there and, you know, it goes into himself excessive gold and silver. But that part right there in Deuteronomy clearly says he shall not acquire many wives himself can you elaborate on that no problem Mm -hmm. and this is why it's super important to understand the context of scripture and what a lot of people seem to negate not saying you but just a lot of the people i've seen on the comment board when you read deuteronomy 17 you have to read the context because you got to start at verse 15 this is when the context starts it says 
Thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose. So, shall choose. so when you have a king, God has to choose his king. There's no voting. It's God chooses the king. It says, right. one from among thy brethren shalt thou set king over thee. Thou mayest not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother. So what is it? The context is the king and what the king does and how the king is supposed to operate. Then in verse 16, notice what it says. It says, he shall not multiply horses to himself nor cause the people to return to, Egypt, return to Egypt. So now you have to ask yourself, wait a minute, does that mean the king is not allowed to have more than one horse? Right. No, because the king had stables. Uh, king David had a stable of horses because how do you go to war? You have to have in the ancient days, you would have horses that would carry men and their weapons, etc. What When you keep going, it says, he shall not multiply horses to himself. Um, it says, and then verse 17, neither shall he multiply wives to himself. Now, what is the context of this? It's the king, again, not taking everything for himself because he's the king. Right. If he wants to, he can take all the, uh, all the horses. He can take all the gold. He can take all the women. The context of this is not being greedy as a king, number one. Um, and number two, even if, again, they wanted to say that this means you can't uh, be in a polygynous relationship, this is only one person. That is the king. So, again, the context is just the king not being greedy. That's all that is. But it says not many wives. So is there is it a context of you could have two, but you can't have too many? Don't take because, all of them. Yeah. Don't don't be okay. greedy. That's all. Just don't multiply many. Don't increase too much because then right. you're not gonna leave anybody leave anything for anybody else. That's because you you might have the power to do so, don't don't do that. Exactly. Okay. So with that being said, mom, you, you have something you want to ask or add to? Um, well, I'm, I'm no biblical scholar. I'm, I'm just thinking, um, is that Old Testament? Is it, um, and, and I guess the bigger question is, in, in today's world, why isn't one woman enough? Well, I mean, first off, um, one thing we, we, we teach all the time is that um, for us, there is no difference between Old and New Testament. The Most High said he, that he changes not. So that means that what he meant, you know, for, for us to abide by in the Old Testament is still good. And, in, 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 you know, in the old times, it's still good for us right now. So the things that we look in the Old Testament as, as laws, we still keep them to this day. Only ones we don't keep are ones that are, you know, basically illegal to keep or, or things that are that you have to keep. Because, um, like, like if, even if you look at certain sacrifices, you had to do those sacrifices at a temple. With us not having a temple anymore, that's why sacrifices are done away with. Though a lot of people think, that the sacrifices went away after Christ died, they really didn't. We still sacrificed and did things like that after Christ died. We stopped sacrificing in 70 AD when our temple was destroyed. So for us, Old Testament, the Bible, even Christ said he comes in the volume of the book. So he said, it is written of me. So when you deal with that Old Testament concept, that's not something we necessarily believe in, you know, as far as, as far as the separation of that. Um, so you can, um, adjust the Bible to, to accommodate laws, today's laws, meaning we don't stone people to death, um, and things like that. Right. Right. Absolutely. Right. You, well, you gotta understand, even the Bible says that all things are lawful when all things are not expedient. So there's some things that, I mean, it makes no sense for us to do things that's going to get us either put to death or thrown in jail. It just makes no sense for us to do that. But every law that we can keep that, you know, like I said, especially, you know, when you take out the things like, you know, things that you can only do at, at a temple, every other law that we can keep, we keep it. Um, and so when you say temple, I mean, obviously there's churches and, and there are temples throughout the country. So mm -hmm. what do you mean when you, when you say that? Well, we had our own temple. Um, the, the, you know, the most highest temple, if you will, is in Jerusalem. Um, we had two different temples. We had one that was destroyed. We built it up again. It was destroyed in 70 AD when we were all, you know, dispersed out, out of our land. So without us having a real temple or what we, even the Bible says, um, how be it, Christ said, how be it, I, I don't dwell in, t in temples made with hands. So we're not talking about the church down the street or the church, you know, by your house or in your area. We're talking about the temple, the temple of the most high. You know what I mean? Hmm. Uh, just briefly, those that are in the here just listening, if you have a question, just type it in the chat room and then we could bring you in to ask a question or whatever. But um, thank you guys for joining us. So my question goes, I guess, when we're talking about the Bible in just the, 
the entire sense of it. When we continue to talk about things that we do or they did that we don't do now, right? When I hear you say you can have multiple wives because they did it in the Bible, I automatically go to the, well, they rode donkeys in the Bible too, but we're not doing that. They rode camels in the Bible, but we're not doing that. There are a lot of, they sat in air non-air-conditioned units, but we're not doing that. So we're still picking and choosing things that they did in the Bible in the new, in the uh, early Testament or old Testament. And we're picking, cherry picking what we're going to use and apply to today. Cause clearly I read a couple scriptures where it says, whether it's the King should not be greedy or, and it depends on greedy is subject to interpretation, but it also talks about clearly said you should have one wife. When a man findeth the wife, he findeth something good. And then it goes into talk about divorce. So I really want to pivot kind of into that, especially for you, Brian, because you, you have a wife mm-hmm. and, I, and if you reference having sex as your um, kind of pillar that we talked about in the first episode that. This once we have said, I'm laying with you, we become one flesh, you are now my wife. I'm sure in your course of dating and, and having sex, you've had more than one wife. So how do you get go through the divorce process? Well of that. Well, first off, you divorce is not something that's lawful unless your <clears throat> wife commits adultery. I can't just divorce her because I'm tired of her. I can't divorce her because I met somebody else. So also the things that I did before I came into the truth, the things that I did before I came, you know, became the person who, who picks up this Bible and studies it every day and, and keeps the laws and, 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 and gave true repentance. You know, that's what the grace is for is that, that the things that you did in ignorance that you are forgiven for once you start to come into this truth and keep these laws and, and the statutes and commandments. So, you know, like I said, Divorce is not something we 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 don't deal with divorce unless your significant other uh, commits adultery. You have no reason to divorce your wife. And so have birth. you had to go through a divorce though? No, ma'am. Okay. So so, so Brian, um, I think it was the other day. Maybe it was when uh, no, maybe it was when you were on our podcast the first time. You mentioned that um, what what brings you two together in marriage is. I guess sex or the intimacy and correct me if I'm wrong. And so along the way, since you came into the truth, you've, I, I don't know what your number might be that you've had sex with. So are those people still considered your wife or well, I, how does I that mean, work? Right. So, so with the understanding that I have now, I have, I have one wife at this point. If I decide to take another, that's, you know, that's my right. But at this point in time, I have one wife. Hmm. So, and, and, you know, like I said, long as I, as long as she keep doing what she does and doesn't commit adultery, I have no reason to, to put her away. Not put her away. That's the Bible. It's not like a dog. I'm going to throw her back to the kennel. Don't throw her back to the streets, Brian. Even if you do something wrong, don't put her back in the streets. I ain't going to give her back to the streets. You said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess I'm just kind of blown away. Um, so in, in your experience, is it possible for the people who may not believe in this necessarily? Is it, I mean, are we outdated in thinking that monogamy is something that we should strive for? Uh, and can one person satisfy our needs? It sounds like you have one wife now and it must be working. Right. Is it, is it reasonable to think one person can satisfy our needs? I'll, I'll say this. I mean, just like Chief said to 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 Shanae on when she asked on when we did it, you, you all's podcast. You don't have to take that route, but even you know we we talk about this all the time too. The first commandment and the Bible says now go be fruitful and multiply. I mean, and the way I look at it is you can't even multiply with one woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's you the first. Can't multiply commandment. with one woman? Huh? You said you can't multiply with one woman. I look at it as you can't multiply with one woman. No. Um. But I'm just saying, you got to realize this, too. I think, you know, the most high knows what he's doing. I think we made a certain way and most men are made this this certain way for a reason. Um, I've been in relationships before I even got to the truth where I try my best to not, you know, not mess it up, not do nothing wrong. And at some point or another, I went down that road that I thought I, I shouldn't have gone down and it, and it messed up the relationship. I think. um there would be, it's like I was saying to the other day, I think it would be a lot more 
happy households if people understood that this is lawful and it's not something to, you know, take your relationship and, and, and you know, scrunch it up and throw it away just because this happens or because your, your husband had a desire to have another woman. Um, if people understood that this was lawful and it was biblical, I think it would change a lot of situations. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't think that one woman can make one man happy. I don't believe that either. It's, 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 it's up to that person. It's up to the individual. Hassad, I want to bring you in on this uh, additional, when we were talking about Corinthians earlier, it says, now concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is good for a man to not have sexual relations with a woman, but because of the sexual uh, immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. So to me, it continues to reiterate the fact that I'm not reading. I guess what I'm saying is I'm not reading it the same way that you guys are reading it, where you're like, yeah, go out and have a gang of wives when there's several lines in the Bible that specifically says, have your own. When I when I have my own car, that's my that's mine. That belongs to me. Have your own husband and have your own wife. And if you say, well, it's OK for a man to have a gang of wives, but it's not OK for a woman to have a gang of husbands me reading that that statement in Corinthians does not open up the doors to either one the way I'm reading it. Does that make sense to you? Like, or help clarify that for me if you could. Um, Hassan, you can take this, but I just want to say, you know, if I have one pair of Jordans and I go and buy another, are they both not still mine? Yeah, yeah but the, human, human beings and shoes might be a little different. Sense as your own that doesn't make it my it doesn't not make it my own because i have another i got i got more than one car but they're still mine right but we were talking about the what you were saying the distinction is you can have a gang of wives but she can't have a gang of husbands and if you're using the bible as that source i'm saying i'm not reading where it's separating the two where i, I get i know you gave examples of you talking about all these kings that had all these baby mamas, but I'm not reading where it's distinctly saying if, we, that if that's the case and I have a pair of red bottoms, I could have a gang, of two pair of red bottoms, three pair of red bottoms, they're all mine. So if we're, we're using that, then let's use that across the board. You know what I'm saying? I'm, Hassan, <laughs> you want to address this? <laughs> I mean, because like, even if you look at our forefathers, right? Um, the 12 tribes of Israel come from our forefather, Jacob, right? Jacob had multiple wives. Um, okay. Even had multiple wives. You have to look at it. Why would the Most High use these different prophets and these different, you know, even what some people call favored sons of God to teach us these lessons in life? And they all did something that was abominable or unlawful in the Most High's eyes. Wouldn't he just use other examples? But he used he used these same men for examples and to teach us things. And they all, not all, but a, a good majority of them had multiple wives. I'm sorry, Asad. Yeah. All right. There, there we go. go. Yeah, I've been on mute. I've been on mute for like 10 minutes. Damn. Uh, <laughs> he was over there burning. He was dying. I saw you talking. My bad. I didn't know why. No, but, but no, that's a good, it's a fair question. And this is why it's so important to understand the context of, um, you know, of scripture. So when you go to 1 Corinthians 7, he's speaking on, like you read the scripture, the things what you wrote unto us. He's speaking about a situation that happened two, uh, two chapters prior. So I'm going to just read that to get the context because it'll totally come full circle and explain why Paul is saying what he's saying in chapter seven. So first Corinthians five and one, Paul says it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. Fornication is an unlawful sexual act. So Paul's telling the church at Corinth that there's, I've heard rumors that you guys are committing fornication and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. So what's going on here is the issue is not men having multiple wives. The issue is, People are sleeping with each other's wives. That's the problem. So then when you transition into chapter seven, when he says it's good not to have a wife, but then he goes on like the scripture I read earlier, I speak this by permission and not by commandment. Paul's giving his own advice. And that's what's paramount in understanding chapter seven. He's giving his own advice as to how he believes a believer could be uh, practicing marriage or not practicing marriage in this life. Because if you have a wife that's going to take away time from um, maybe ministry or you teaching and edifying the people, not to say that it's wrong to have a wife and not to say that it's wrong to have multiple wives, but Paul's advice concerning the scripture you just read is to be single. Does that mean you be single? No. 
But well, again, he didn't say don't have a wife. He said don't have sexual relations with a woman. Wife. But that's you have to. Yeah. And if you have a wife, you have to have sexual relations with her. So that's what he's saying. And when he says let every man have his own woman, literally he's only saying that because people were wife swapping at this church. You see what I'm saying? That's the problem, not multiple wives. Can you offer, though, though the distinction? Like I said, I'm not reading my me personally where it specifically said, hey, men, go get all you can get. Women, sit your ass down at the house and go and get them vittles on the grill. That's the part that I'm saying. I'm missing that distinction, which you guys are clearly making as far as saying men. And you're giving examples of men that had a gang of wives and you're giving examples of men that had a gang of baby mamas or whatever. But you're not giving I'm not reading the scripture that said women. You don't have the same opportunities that men have when it comes to exploring your sexual desires. I got you. So it's it's very simple. We see. Um, Hold on. Oh, Hebrew, you you want to jump? Alazar, you want to jump in? I mean, Asan, you could go ahead and finish, but go I'll, ahead. I'll, I'll allow him to, to answer. Yeah, just just give me numbers thirty. What you're looking for is going to be clearly be clearly summed up here. Right. Since since you at since you asked for something, we're gonna have to give you the harsh answer with the scriptures, right? What's your numbers thirty what? Thirty they start at the top. All right. This Hold is the book of my, my real Bible. Hold on, let me get my, my paper out too. There you go. Let's go to church this Sunday. Take us there. Yes, right. <laughs> go ahead. Uh this is the book of numbers, chapter 30, verse one. Uh-huh. And Moses spake unto the heads of the tribes concerning the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. If a man vow unto the Lord or swear... So like, it, skip up to where it starts talking about the woman, right? My fault. Okay. Should be like, just what, verse three or four? Right. If a woman also vow a vow unto the Lord and bind herself by a bond, being in her father's house in her youth, and uh -huh. her, vow, her vow, and her bond wherewith she hath bound her soul, and her father shall hold his peace at her, then all her vows shall stand. Uh, so, so, so as, as we see here, if a woman lives in her father's house, she's a young woman, mm -hmm. she makes a vow to God. If her father doesn't object to the vow, right, mm -hmm. then it's fine. Then she's bound to that vow. Now, keep reading. All right. But if her father disallow her in the day that he, that he heareth, not any of her vows or of her bonds wherewith she had bound her soul. Well, let me take that back. But if her father disallow her in the day that he heareth, not any of her vows or her or her bonds wherewith she <laughs> wherewith she has bound her soul shall stand. Exactly, right? If he doesn't disallow it, right? So a father has full authority over his daughter to either allow her to do things or disallow her to do things, right? Keep reading. And the Lord shall forgive her because her father disallowed her. Mm -hmm. And if she had at all an husband, when she vowed or uttered out of her lips, wherewith she bound her soul, and her husband hear it, and held his peace at her in the day that he heard it, then her vow shall stand. We're hearing the scriptures tell us the same authority that a father has over his daughter is the same authority that a husband has over his wife. Mm -hmm. Right. To uh, either allow her to do things or disallow her to do things at his discretion. Right. A man does not have an authoritarian over him that delegates that to him like that. Like we see the woman have in scripturally. You see what I'm saying? So this is why a man can decide to do certain things. But a woman does not is not afforded those same privileges. So then you would then if, if that's the if that's the context that you're taking it. Right. Mm -hmm. Then you would be. Of when it says you would be of the mind that a husband can't rape his wife, then because it's it's according to the Bible, biblically, a woman can't hold back her body from her husband because that her body is his. So what you're saying then is, in essence, because biblically speaking, as a wife and your duties, you no longer have control, or you you have no you no longer have control of your body or your desires or what you want. It now goes from your what father wife, to your husband. What about a what about a wife raping a husband? Does that yeah, happen? It, yeah, but that's not the question she asked. No, no, but it but scripturally it is. Just as a man, a men and women according to scriptures are not 
to withhold sex from one another, right? So right. just as much as a woman isn't supposed to, a man isn't allowed to either. That's literally called the duty of marriage. So a man, matter of fact, what is that? Um, Exodus 21? In yeah, 10? somebody just put that in the chat. Exodus I just seen it too. That's crazy, right? But it, which, which is a great, which is a great scripture, right? If you could read it real quick, um, because because it, it tells you that a man owes that to his wife, even if he gets another wife, he still owes her, um, you know, sex, right? That's still owed. <coughs> he owes he owes sex. He owes it because it's a duty. A duty. The word duty literally means debt. So you have a debt to your wife to make sure you have a sex with her. What verse is it now? Where, where we at? Um, Exodus 21 and 10. Okay, right. Um, this is the book of Exodus chapter 21, verse 10. Mm -hmm. If he take him another wife. Uh, if he gets another wife, read. Her food uh -huh. her and her duty of marriage shall he not diminish. That's right. So her food, her raiment, and her duty of marriage. So the provisions you make for her, especially in feeding her, providing clothes for her, and having sex with her, you cannot diminish just because you've now gotten a new wife. Yeah. Okay. So um, there's so many interesting things about this, uh, obviously, because we, we live in America and 2021 and, and our our laws are, are different. Um or so they seem anyway, but um, it, it's it's profound that a woman under these teachings that a woman literally has no rights. But the other thing that's a little bit confusing is that you are joined together purely by your sexual encounter from what I think one of you guys said. So just having sex alone means that, that that's your wife, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, you got to, you know, look at it. I mean, if this bond is between you, your wife, and the Most High, then what does some preacher, you know, come and presiding over a ceremony have to do with that bond? You know what I mean? Um, this is probably a little bit, uh, well, it's on topic, but it's a little different. I, I, I have had African friends who obviously in their culture, they believe in this same kind of uh, practice. Um, but one of the guys told me clearly that whatever he does for one wife, he does in, for the other. Like if he buys her a house, then the other wife gets a house. If she drives a Range Rover, this person drives a Range Whatever he does so that no one is lacking. Is that your practice as well? Or is there are there some differences under this? What And what is it called? Is it some sort of Hebrew law? What is this teaching? It's the Bible. This is what, what is called the Hebrew Bible. But the Holy Bible is the Hebrew Bible, right? So this is just the Bible. You know, people often try to, you know, corner us into this or that. We just read the Bibles. We didn't write one word in. I mean, so why do you think all of these preachers that we've all, I mean, we've been all going to church for forever. Um, why do you think that that's not taught in church? I mean, like I've never heard this before. Um, I mean, and they read from the Bible too, right? Well, uh, um, not, not as much as they should. No. Um, <laughs> we, that's one thing we, we talk about all the time. Um, this is a scripture though that um, yesterday I brought out when someone was talking about church, right? And um, it's Proverbs 16 and 25, and it says, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So just because we think this is right and that's right, the Bible tells us what is and what isn't right. And most of the times, you know, when we attend church, I went to church my whole life. And most of the things I've learned since I've understood that I was an Israelite, I've learned more probably in the first week or two that I did the whole time that I went to church as a kid. You know what I mean? So I honestly don't believe we read out the Bible enough. We just take what these Christian, you know, doctrines tell us to do and, and how they tell us to live. We just take it. We don't question it. We don't read. We don't study it. We don't do any background on it. And we just take it as, as such. But I think once you pick up this Bible and read it, you'll see a, a lot of things we're taught through Christianity that's just not real. Mm -hmm. um, so but we might have Chief with somebody muted. Is Chief muted? Is he trying to be? Let me see. Are you able to unmute yourself? No, I see your lips moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
There you go. Okay, hold on, hold on. I did that. I messed you up. There you go. You should be able to talk now. Good. Yeah, but, you know, as the scriptures speak about, it says, you know, in vain they do worship me, teaching for commandments the traditions of men. So what we've been taught in church is tradition. We've not been taught the actual Bible. Somebody's created a doctrine loosely based off of certain parts of the Bible and then created a whole tradition and an ideology and spoon fed it to us. But the, once you read the Bible itself in its raw form, um, we start to see that things are a lot different than we've been led to believe about a lot of things. Um, and, and, that, and that's something that we've all kind of had to, um, you know, come to the realization that comes to grips with when we, you know, we come into this understanding. But, you know, uh, I, was, I was asking him earlier before you jumped on, it seems like cherry picking almost. And I get it. Like the good side is look at all these kings that had all these wives and had all these baby mamas. I'm going to follow that because I think that that works for me. But I'm not going to follow the fact that they grew their own. You know, He had his own farm. He grew his own land and he rode a, a horseback or a donkey, whatever, to work every day. I'm not going to do that because that's inconvenient. I'm not because we're in, you know, 2021 where people have cars. So it's like we're, we transition certain parts because that's more convenient. And then we keep certain parts because that's also more convenient. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it does seem like you're like well, the hey, concept yeah. is cherry picking. That, that's actually that's actually what you and every Christian has been doing their whole life is cherry picking the parts of the Bible that right. they like. We actually do the opposite of that when, you know, just just so people can get a background on me. I learned this information when I was 17 years old. Right. I'm 30 now. Right. So mm -hmm. and understanding at 17 years old without uh, being equipped with various life skills, um, you know, coming from the areas that we came from. All I knew how to do to get money was sell drugs. I came into an ideology that I believed in that told me that I could not do that anymore. Right. So I had to stop doing it. So the stuff that I liked doing that uh, I found out I couldn't do, whether I liked it or not, I stopped doing it. So just because there's things that are good and likable about it, we had to accept the things that we didn't like. We used to love eating all type of things that now we found out we can't eat. So we took the bad of it, too. We didn't just take only the parts we liked. We really had to cement ourselves to the word in general, whatever it said. And we had to stop doing it. Some of us used to fancy, you know, going into strip clubs, man. Some of us were big, big into that. We learned, look, you can't do that no more. We got to stay up out of there. Right. And we learn why. And we learn its true origin. We learned just how evil and disgusting it is. So we say, you know what? We're not dealing with that no more. So just in understanding those things, you know, we had to accept things that weren't um, the, you know, mo the most appealing things to us, but what appealed to us the most is it's the word of God. God is our creator. You know, we're his chosen people. So what he says goes, we had to submit ourselves to that. So, so how, do we, how are women victorious in this whole dynamic? How do we, how are we held up in this whole, and again, Brian said he's with one wife right now. That's, that's great. But say you have three or four, how do we win with your options to go do whatever you want to do? And we have no options. What do you tell women to convince them that this is great for you, considering everything that we've undergone to get where we are today, to have rights to vote, to have the right to go to work, to, I mean, to buy our own homes and all the things that we've accomplished on our own, meeting someone like you guys now basically strips that away and puts us, uh, under submission of you. And mind you, I don't mind being submissive to my husband um, in a monogamous relationship, but the whole idea of spreading that around, I, I can't work with that. But how does a woman win under your practices? Well, number one, you have to understand that any ideology that a woman has that's contrary to the practices that we practice have been introduced by the person who kidnapped her, brought her here, um, made her work for him, raise his house, use him as her as his sexual object for centuries. And then he gave her this ideology that made her think, no, everything that your man has ever done for you and your culture is bad and it's hurtful to you. And it's not as liberating and it doesn't feel as good as the culture, cultural alternative that we you. You understand what I'm saying? So we, in the depths of that is is real because we have to understand that we we live in a world where, in, especially in the corporate field, where they're quicker to give the handout or they're quicker to empower black women over black men. 
on purpose. It's not by any other means. It's because we come from a culture and a society where men are the heads and men lead, right? And all these various things. They had to totally emasculate the man in every way, socially, economically, et cetera, right? And then they implant these ideologies and systems to make them think, well, nah, I don't got to do this because this is the new standard, this Greco-Roman Western standard that we've all been forced to submit to. We don't understand it. You, we've all submitted to something in this country, which is the white man's standard, right? For lack of a better term. What we're telling us is we need to come back to our cultural standard and there's an immense amount of benefits in it for women but i'd rather let a woman come in and explain how much more beneficial it is for them um you know do you have someone who can share that with us because I, i i want the listeners to understand the benefit of um of of being submissive under this kind of teaching how do we how are we victorious i mean are we are we cared for? Are we provided for? Are we saved? I mean, what what are the things that you offer under this old old standard that that makes us say, okay, I can. This is good. I can do this. Yeah, what well, the old standard ensures all of that because the old standard, like in the scriptures, it says, "He that provideth not for his own household is worse than an infidel." So that means you can claim to believe all you want. But if you're not doing what you're supposed to do as far as making provisions for your for your house, your wives, your children, et cetera, um, whether it's one wife or, you know, however many you choose, you know, you are you you have to. That expectation of provision is there. So if you claim to believe and you're not doing your part there, you're worse than somebody who doesn't believe. You've literally denied the faith by doing that. So this is a key part of our culture is that, you know, the provision is there, not just, you know, a do. And, and this is the thing. Women are now uh, uh, living in a world where you might have a dude and he's claiming that he's monogamous with you and he's having sex all around town. But he's but but not only is he being deceptive to you about who he's dealing with. Right. But then he's being deceptive to these girls. and He's not caring for and providing for. So he's robbing everybody in this situation. We now we have a culture where. That's not allowed. You can't do that. If 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 me as a leader of an organization got wind that somebody in my organization did something like that, there would be serious consequences for that. And if he didn't rectify it, there would be removal for that. We can't accept that because the scriptures hold us to a higher standard. That's what we have to understand. Men who participate in this culture, we're held to a very, I know it may seem like we have benefits and we just get it all our way. But we're held to very high standards of responsibility that if we shortfall as leaders, like it says, to whom much is given, much is required. So much is required of us. And when we fall short of that, there are dire consequences for that. So that's how I like that part. So that I think the part that maybe is missing um, as we're talking about it is there's a um, accountability, which we don't have. And just. Alazar, so you know, we both were raised in the temple. I told you my grandmother's Jewish. You, you, you threw Christianity on us real quick. But um, yeah, no. So uh, we actually did grow up in the temple. They actually did read the Bible in Hebrew, the original language. But I'm not going to go into all that. I'm not going to name drop mm-hmm. nothing. So, um, but I think that's the part that disconnects. So I did have one question um, that I, and Brian, this was actually for, for you. I think people get confused and it said, what happened to meeting at the altar? Jagged Edge made a song about it. I'm going to keep reading the Bible, man. This is not adding up. So I think that, you know, when you when women think of marriage, we think meet me at the altar in your white dress and mm-hmm. you're you're giving yourself to me and I'm giving myself to you. And we're doing this in front of God and our family. And I understand there's no white dress in the Bible, but why would we skip over that part of it? Um, if that makes us feel like yeah. we're really married, you know, the license, the whole gamut. Oh, um, oh, that, that's deep, right? But making a deal with who we call the devil, right? Um, is not something that we we're into, right? We want to make a contract with the devil, right? You go get this license, you're, you're doing that essentially, right? Um, mm-hmm. As far as the white dress, you can still have a ceremony. I've had a ceremony. It was a very beautiful ceremony. You can still have a ceremony. Um, the difference is some of the things that you think are required in those ceremonies 
it's just not the case, right? You, you can kind of design that ceremony to be however you want. Um, okay. And as far as the white dress and the, and the less married, I wrote that song, I was 19, 20 years old. You know what I mean? Um, what I was ignorant about at that time, I was ignorant about at that time. Um, I think part of life period is just growing. And that's in information, that's in understanding, that's in, you know, the, the, the what you should and shouldn't do in life. So what I felt at 19, 20, 21, 20, whatever it was, I don't feel that way right now about a lot of things. But as far as, like I said, a ceremony, of, 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 if a ceremony is what makes your woman happy, give her a ceremony. We, we do, as Hebrew Israelites, still have ceremonies. They're just conducted a little bit of a different way. And like I said, even that, it's not a, you know, a, a B, C, D, and this is how it has to go. You can kind of design it how you want it to be. So you can still have the ceremony. This, this changes no, none of that. Then there's another question by Alonzo Parker. He said, where does it say you can have more than one wife? So do you want to address that specific? Okay. Okay, good, good. Well, one thing we just read, uh, I think I got to unmute Chief again, though, but um, no, one I'm thing you said was, was in Exodus, right? Yeah, the Exodus 21 and 10. We can right. just hit that back. Right, I'm hit that again, right? So you got to look at it like this. Number one, he's not giving you rules and laws on how to do something that we can't even do. So if you look at Exodus, Exodus 21, right? Okay. And it says, um, this is 21 10, right? And it says, if he take him another wife. So right there, he's saying, if he take him another wife, which is, you see the option right there. And he's giving you rules on how to treat that situation if you take another wife. If he take him another wife, her food, her raiment, which is her clothing, and her duty of marriage, shall he not diminish. So it's telling you all the things that he has to do, even if he desires to take another wife. Okay, so then that answers that. Mom, do you want? I see you want to chime in. Go ahead, Mom. <laughs> no, I, I think I'm just still torn, I, and I think you called it cherry picking, and um, maybe it's not. But some of the stuff Exodus is definitely the Old Testament, and again, I'm no Bible scholar, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend. Uh, we grew up in the church, and then my mom converted to Judaism for a lot of years, so we went to the synagogue and all of that. Can I still recite some of those Hebrew? Uh, prayers, yes. But do I know the book of Torah or or the Bible verbatim? No, I don't. But it, it does seem like the Old Testament, the stuff that you're reading from, some of those things you said that certainly we can't still do them, like stoning people to death, for instance. So we, we, we just don't do that when we're angry or when someone's violated the law. So we're going to opt out of that one, but we're going to hold on to that scripture like the one you just read, even though we're in 2021 and uh, marrying more than one person is a violation of the laws of this country uh, of America. Um, obviously, it's 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 approved elsewhere. But um, so, how is it that we can follow some of those things, but not follow some of those other things in in today's world? And um, I, I I don't know. It's just it's just a little. Uh, I'm a I'm going to let Chief answer that, but I do want to say that the, the Bible says the laws of God are higher than the laws of man. We don't really subject ourselves to the laws of man that we don't absolutely have to subject ourselves to. Of course, there are some that you have no choice if you're going to be in this country or whatever country. Some things you have no choice but to not do. But all the ones that we can keep. Um, and, and, and my question for you also, and not just you, because a lot of people say this, you know, it's not just you. What is. I'll put it this way. Our issue with the Old Testament is just something we've been taught. What if I ask you really, what's your issue with the Old Testament outside of the fact that there are some laws that you can't keep? What what would you say? Um, I think I, I don't know. I, I think it, universally, I've always felt this way well before I met you guys, that that people pick and choose scriptures from the Bible to make it work for their lives. Um, so that's been going on forever. Um, but but some of those things are I mean, do you guys eat pork? Do you eat? No, no. no. So you practice kind of like Muslim. No, we practice the laws of the Bible. Everything that we can keep, we keep. We don't eat pork. We don't eat shrimp, crab, lobster. Um, you know, we keep the Sabbath every week. We keep the high holy days. We got the Basak coming up this week, which is the Passover, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, every law that we can keep, we keep, period. We don't try to pick and choose them. We don't try to gloss over this one and do, we don't do that. We try to keep every law. And people also don't understand that, of course, there are more than 10 commandments. It's 
613. So we try our best to keep the 613. And so, so Brian, this is going to deviate a little bit. So all of these amazing songs, the songs that Jagged Edge created, <laughs> all of these love songs, all of this stuff that we, we merged our relationships with and we were on high, like in love and because your song's playing in the background. Are you telling me that I got to throw all of them Jagged Edge songs out off my playlist because they are no longer valid. There's no being in love and all this romanticizing relationships. Are you telling me it was all bullshit? Where did you hear me say, where did you hear me say there was no being in love? I haven't heard nobody say about being in love because I, I just haven't heard nobody say that. We can love you, being asked you, about love, though. Can you be in love with six people at once? Can you love them equally? You can't. I don't even think you can love six kids equally. Every everybody has their favorite kid. If there's six of them, two of them you might questionably not like. I'm just <laughs> throwing that out there. <laughs> but look, as a parent, that you can't show that to none of them, right? So you still have like, like you feel the same way. So. You know, yeah, but your kids know. Your kids will be like, "Dad, you know, you know, Jeremy is your favorite. Quit playing. We know how that goes." Uh, I love my kids. I don't agree, but I'm right. just, yeah, I don't know what she's talking about, right? But uh, <laughs> even even in the law, in the law, in the Torah, it says if a man have two wives, one love, one hated, and it talks about even if you like one more than the other, there's still a certain treatment that has to be. There's still certain deeds that have to be done. So as far as the acts and the displays of love, they cannot outweigh one another. But feeling, you know, is different, and it's you know, it's it's. It's kind of, um, you know, objective or subjective to every, you know, individual. But to me, I think love is fluid. I think the feeling and that emotion is fluid. You see what I'm saying? So I don't know if there's just a one um, concrete way to, to answer that. You've been in love or are you in love with your... Of course I'm uh-huh. in love. You already know Alice, I was going to hit you with the... I mean, what? I walk in singing Jagged Edge. I come home from work singing Jagged Edge. You already know Alice, I was going to come through. <laughs> this game so strong, I want to push his chair over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man, I'm in love. I'm in love. Well, really? Maybe a former, not a current, right? Oh, okay, okay. As long as it's not the current. Yeah. So, so you, so you guys, so you guys, just real quick, you guys mentioned um, that going to a strip club is is wrong. Tell me why. Well, um, when when you actually study, so if, if anybody reads in the in the prophets, especially in, in what they call the Old Testament, you'll hear um, a word called groves, right? The prophets talking about you guys are going to groves, right? Now, somebody had hit me to what a grove was. And if you just look at, um, you know, the Hebrew lexicon and it elaborates on what a grove is, because you like grove, like, what is that? Like a place where, you know, fruit grows or whatever, but not like, so So what a grove is, is where they would worship uh, an ancient Canaanite goddess named Asherah, right? Asherah is where you actually get the word Easter from, right? Through, you know, going through the languages. So um, Asherah, what they would do is they would literally carve a tree in the shape of a woman, like a very shapely woman. And the women would come and dance around this tree or this pole, essentially. And people would throw money at them, take them into private booths and do whatever they would want to with them. So that's actually the ancient origin of a strip club. So once we learn that and learn that it's actually finds its origin in idolatrous practice, we can't go in there no more. Mm. So what do you guys think of the... Um Megan the Stallion and uh oh girl's performance during the, the Grammys. <sighs> it, it, it's it, it's just I just think it's um it, it it's just tasteless, you know, it's tasteless. And I think that um, you know, the, these are lovely uh sisters, talented sisters, and I just feel like they can do more tasteful things than what they're doing and still display um sex appeal and you know, and things like that without without being so tasteless. Right. So you think women should not expose their bodies outside the home? That is that what that's about, or just in general, the whole everything? Well, well, yeah. Um, and even you know, it's levels. Like depending on what level you want to ask me to go. Like if you want to get like straight, truly biblical, oh hell no. But even then, like just by a, a regular standard, like that was y'all y'all was doing a lot. Right. <laughs> it was it was a bit much. Do you, like, do you think like that, so do you think that play a, part, a part of 
pushing women to be more sexualized, especially black women being more hypersexualized than maybe other cultures? Yeah. I mean, without, without a question. And and as men see, this, and this is something too that, that when we're held to responsibility because we, if we're the leaders and we play into it, then we're also, in, we're, we're, a, we're a part of that, you know? So we have to look at ourselves because if we're double tapping, then we're to every, every, every double tap, every light that comes is like, okay, I, this is what I should be doing. There's girls that are just regular run of the mill girls and they're becoming somebody and they're getting career. They're, they're, they're quitting jobs and they're sitting at home, just taking pictures of themselves because we're going <laughs> and double tapping the videos and it's, and all the, all those pictures. And it's happening so much to where they can now start asking people for money for anything. You see what I'm saying? So um, we certainly play a part in that. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming on. I know we're a little more, more questions, more aggressive, more, you know, pointing out just because so many people had different views and it, the more we keep bringing it to the forefront, the more the conversation happens. So Alizar, thank you. Brian, thank you. And again, y'all tune in because my mom and I are actually on Views from the Edge, which airs on Monday. At what time, Brian? Monday, um... I'm not sure exactly what time, but it goes up pretty early. And then, you know, once it's up, it's up. You know what I mean? It's okay. up and it's stuck. That's right. But where is it at? It's on Spotify, YouTube? Um, yeah, on Spotify. It's on YouTube. All those all those good things. So y'all make and, sure and I'm about to go turn on my Jagged Edge playlist. And I'm, I'm still going to live. And hey, you know what, Mom? Yeah. But you know what? The last one, I, he gave us hope. He said, I just want to give you hope. So I'm going to take that hope and I'm going to run with it. That's how I'm going to end this conversation. Still giving you hope. I said, I'm still giving you hope. Like That's Barack what I'm saying. If, hope is, if, if we got hope, we got opportunity for, for change and growth. I'm going to tell y'all, though, because I know, Alizar, you had a gang of love. on. I mean, it's 470 comments. A lot of them was just like supporting you guys and having the conversation and getting the conversation out there. Um, don't be in my DM asking, am I going to share? If, if you marry, the answer is no. Boo-boo. <laughs> what she said. Thank you. And we're going to wrap it up on that. Check our YouTube out, Sicari. That's S-I-C-A-R-I-I. Um, you know, we got a plethora of content. Polygamy. And you're dealing with multiple women is not the only thing we talk about, y'all. Just so everybody know, we talk about all, just we talk about everything. So, you know, come come check us out. All praise to Allah. Take <laughs> them <laughs> All praise the most high. All praise the most high. Thank you guys. Take care. All right, mom. All right, bye. bye. bye.